Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear hotline, including the Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, who will join me live in 15 minutes. All those years in Buffalo, the Bills are back in the postseason. We'll talk to Bruce about that and a whole lot more. Graziano will join me in this hour on the coaching changes. And your calls at the end of this hour are coming up as well. We'll do what do you want to know. But right now, I insist that we talk about what happened on Monday night and what I think is the real story for what has become one of America's most popular sports. Greeny Insist is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And listen, I, I grew up in New York City, and then as I'm uh, fond of saying, I grew up again in Chicago. And those are two, obviously, huge cities, and they are pro-sport cities. They are places where there are an abundance of professional sports teams, And so I've always really followed pro sports much more closely than I ever followed college sports. But over the last, I don't know, decade or so, particularly working at ESPN, I've been intrigued by the explosion of popularity of college football. And I understand it. College football kind of lends itself to the society that we live in today, the culture that we have created. We're an event-based society. We need everything to have urgency and significance. Well, college football, they begin their playoffs in August. Every game means everything. So I totally get it, but I feel like there's a problem with the sport right now, and I want to bring Paul Feinbaum in to try and solve it, because I saw this tweet from Chris Felica. You all know Chris. They call him Bear, and he's the researcher for many things, including College Game Day, and is just a a terrific, has terrific insight into sports, and he tweeted, there have been 21 college football playoff games. 17 of them have been won by Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. 17 out of 21. That's unimaginable. And then, of course, you look at next year's odds to win the championship and the top three odds on the board. The shortest odds are Alabama, then Clemson, then Ohio State. And so, uh, Paul Feinbaum, as I bring you into the conversation here, and I always appreciate your time, as you know, I want to ask you a two-part question. Why is the sport so top-heavy? And if you perceive that to be a problem, what can be done about it? Greeny, the playoff has actually killed itself. What I mean by that is because of the same teams dominating, per Felika's tweet, recruits have simply moved toward those big-time programs because they want to be on the biggest stage. So Alabama has gotten better in recruiting, as crazy as that sounds. So has Clemson. So has Ohio State. Uh, And this was not the purpose of the playoff, but but it's created – almost a, a top tier that's above everyone else. And th- there is the only solution to that, other than you know, you know, going to a socialistic uh, form of recruiting where everybody gets, uh, we, we equally divide 25 players up every February, is, is to expand the playoff. It doesn't solve the playoff conundrum, but it, it brings four, four new schools into it every year, which, which would, would hope would give them a better chance at attracting more players. And, and and I think that that, that that's part of the issue uh, with, with what we're seeing right now. It's a big part of it. That's really interesting. And I have been, and you and I have talked about this a million times, I have always been opposed to expanding the playoff. What you just said to me is the best argument for expanding the playoff that I've ever heard. The unintended consequence of the playoff is that the rich have gotten much, much, much richer to the point where it has taken a lot of the – 
the spice out of it. it it's it's you, you know how it's going to end. And, and no matter how good a movie is, if you know how it's going to end, it just makes the whole thing a little bit less interesting. It's the best argument, Paul, that I've heard for expanding the playoff from anyone. Well, what well, what makes college basketball so exciting is, is it's not the Final Four. The Final Four is epic, but but it's the first round. I mean, yeah. everyone stays home from work and watches that Thursday game. You you want to see Duke uh, get taken down by Georgia State or Mercer or or some off-brand school. That doesn't happen in football, but I'm not saying it couldn't. Uh, you know, would Alabama have beaten Cincinnati in a one versus eight matchup? Yeah, it, it would have probably creamed them, but but maybe someone would have lost. And I think another thing the playoffs need to do if they expand is to play the first round on, on campuses because the, these sterile environments would not work for, for that round of the playoff. And there's, a, there's another problem that college football has too, Greedy. This is not what we're trying to solve today. I'll leave it to our bosses. But the audience keeps dropping uh, pretty pre- precipitously uh, in the championship game. This year's championship game was seen by fewer people that, that, that saw the playoff. And the reason for that is the NFL. Uh, the, the Monday night college football championship comes after two rounds uh, after Saturday and Sunday, of the NFL and was made worse this year by the additional game. And I don't need to tell you, you, you come in on Monday morning after the first two wildcard weekends and you've got to, you've got to work hard to get college football into your show, even though the national championship game is that night. It's an interesting thought. And, and you're right. It is maybe another topic for another time. Um, but it does illustrate, you know, one of the things that it is a suggestion that it is a problem. And my thought looking at it was simply taking the NFL piece of it out of it, that we just feel like we've seen this before, like we've just seen this too many times. And so what I think you're telling me is that, yes, this year, Alabama probably would have wiped the field with Cincinnati. But if you went to Cincinnati knowing you had a much better chance than you do now, of getting into the playoff, that they would get better players. And so would a lot of other places. And so of, over the course of time, that the the disparity in talent would start to equal itself out. And that and ultimately, you wouldn't just have two or three teams that were just so much better than everybody else. And, and the West Coast has been shut out, too, because the Pac-12 has been down. And I'm, I'm not crazy about just automatically sending the Pac-12 champion into the playoffs, but uh, at some point you have to include, you have to make it more inclusive. And, and by doing that, you also help the, the, the first issue here is, is recruiting. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we joked this morning about Nick Saban being the problem. Greatness is not the problem. Uh, no, nobody uh, voted on uh, years ago, let's, 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 get, let's throw Belichick out of the NFL because the Patriots were in the Super Bowl pretty much every year or every right. other year. We like that. We like to see that type of dominance in, in, in any sport, uh, professional or college. But it, it's really a disparity. We, we, just take a look uh, in, at where the recruits go, and, and they all go to the same places. Uh, I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Clemson are, are dominating, dominating. I mean, just crushing everyone else in terms of the top 100 players in the country. Yeah, because they can look at these – at these players and their families in the eye and say, come here and you will play on this enormous stage. And even if fewer people watch the championship game this year than usual, it was still like 18 and a half million people or something. And, a lot and of so yeah. that, that, that's a, you know, that's a life changing opportunity for all these recruits. So, you know what, Paul, I, I think that's it. I think of all the arguments to expand the playoff, something I have always been against that's the best one I've heard, and, and I will remember that going forward. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you in the next couple of days.
Always a pleasure. Thanks, Grady. That's Paul Feinbaum with me again. I, he's got great insight into this stuff, and I think that's really interesting. Again, I've, I've grown to love the sport because of the urgency. Every single game just means so much. And so the, the word of caution that I've been sounding all this time about expanding the playoff is you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to let these games become less important. But now as we look at the sort of the cost on the other side, that might be the best reason to expand it in the near future. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Okay, the Buffalo Bills are back in the playoffs. It has been a long time since they feel like they matter to the degree they do. Back when they did... Bruce Smith was one of the greatest players of all time for them, and he will join me to talk about it live next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. And a reminder that we're here together every day for two hours talking sports and having fun. And if you ever miss any of the show, I'd, look, I'd love you to hang out with me for two hours every day here. But I understand you have a life to lead. So if you miss anything, I'll remind you that we're a podcast every single day. Each hour becomes its own individual podcast. It is called Hashtag Greeny, and it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and right now it is my delight to welcome on the Goodyear Hotline one of the greatest players in pro football history. In the 90s, the Buffalo Bills made four consecutive trips to the Super Bowl. They were one of the great teams ever, and one of their best players, who is now in the Hall of Fame, is the great Bruce Smith, who joins me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Bruce, and thank you. How you been? Good morning, Greeny. I'm I'm doing doing well. I, I tell you, it's been an interesting uh, uh, last year. And uh, you know, before we get started, I just want to thank all of the healthcare workers, first responders, uh, every, everyone one that has made uh, our lives a little bit better and a little bit safer. And and thank you guys for giving us that distraction of two or three hours out of the day. And 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 you know, college football, the NFL, the NBA. Is so forth that uh, that allowed us to have this distraction to to to, to have some entertainment with sports uh, and doing it in a way that has kept uh, the majority majority of the folks safe. Well, that's beautifully said and very appropriate. And I I share your thoughts on both counts, particularly on thanking all of the healthcare workers and other professionals who've kept us going through this. Um, meanwhile, to the football and and I just wonder it, it's been an awful long time 
since the Buffalo Bills were in the spot they are now, that they not only are they in the playoffs, but they look like a really good team and like they might be here to stay. And I just wonder, as one of the greatest players they ever had, what thoughts go through your mind as you watch them now? Well, uh, it, it was certainly um, uh, something that was extremely exciting uh, to be relevant again, to be in the conversation. And it's been a long journey and, and a long process. Uh, some trials and some errors, some head coaches that didn't quite pan out. Uh, but uh, we've got the right combination now, I think, under the leadership and ownership of uh, Tim and uh, Terry Pagula. Uh, you know, we've got a phenomenal coaching staff. Um, uh, and just to, to, to give a shout-out to the O-line coach, uh, Bobby Johnson, uh, who's providing uh, stellar protection for, for uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Dable, uh, who's a Western New Yorker himself from Buffalo, and, and to be able to, to complete this process and, and get into the playoffs – uh, and, and being from the city of Buffalo is, is just fantastic. Uh, Brandon Bean, uh, obviously, Leslie Frazier, uh, who has uh, uh, helped to keep this, uh, this defensive unit intact and, and helped to keep them, uh, I believe, in the top five, top ten defenses in the National Football League over the last two or three years, and obviously Simon Dermott. Uh, it, it's been great to watch this maturation process. I agree. I actually said if I had a vote, I would have voted McDermott the coach of the year. And I would expand that to say that if you look at Josh Allen, I consider him to be one of the great organizational success stories in the NFL. He was a player who came in with obviously some enormous talent and need in need of development. And what they have done in maximizing what he did well, bringing him along at the right pace, and now getting him, coaching him up to a place, surrounding him with the right people and all the rest of that to where he looks like he's going to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL for a decade. Obviously, he gets a lot of the credit for that. But, Bruce, I give I just say it's a total organizational success story. I think they've done a brilliant job of developing a young quarterback. And that's an excellent point. Uh, that's why I mentioned all of the names that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not only uh, did I, but but – uh, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and, and Steve Tasker and so many other players. Uh, we watched this process unfold right before our very eyes. Uh, we knew the missing pieces that were needed uh, for this, this 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 playoff run to take place. And and the number one thing that he needed, obviously, uh, was that. Uh, that 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 coaching staff and that that guy that that could help him through this process of becoming the player that he is today, but more importantly, he needed a number one wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, and he was able to get that this past year. I, I know I've had several conversations with Kim Bagula that uh, we needed a number one wide receiver, we needed great special team uh, play. And we also need a pass rusher. Uh, so we're able to get um, uh, two of the three. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons, uh, along with the coaching and the maturation process of, of Josh Allen, that has put us in the position that we're in right now. I love the way, and, and Stefan Diggs, obviously, is who you're talking about, and he's been brilliant with, 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 with the great Bruce Smith here. I love the way you refer to the Bills as we. Like, there's, there's something about that organization. Jim Kelly, as you obviously know, is the same way. Like, the, 
the loyalty, or I think is the right word, the connection that you alum players of the Bills clearly still feel to the organization is, resp- is, is remarkable to me. I don't think it's that way with every team in the NFL, Bruce. No, I, I think that, that there is something that's unmistakable uh, uh, about the unity that exists of, of, of the history of the Buffalo Bills and, and all of the things that, that we have gone through. Um, I think in the, the latter, uh, not the latter, but some of the years after uh, players like myself and Thurman and, and Jim and Andre had uh, had left, there was an effort to try and distance themselves from um, the, the, the history and the era that we played in because they wanted their new their own identity. But I, I think that uh, with this new ownership, uh, with with Sean McDermott at the helm, Leslie Frazier and and, and some of the others. I think they realize the importance of, of the history of the game and, and the relevance uh, that we bring to the table uh, in being able to, to talk to these uh, young players and, and get them to understand uh, about the city of, of Buffalo and the makeup of Buffalo, the blue-collar workers, and, and just their enthusiasm about pro sports. And, and that's what uh, I, I enjoy and I love seeing because uh, these, these fans that are in Western New York and, and that are Buffalo Bills fans are just incredible. And I've always said it. It's easy to be a fan in a dome stadium. It's easy to be a fan in 80-degree temperature. But when you're a fan in Buffalo, New York, and the inclement weather, uh, whether it's uh, uh, 20 degrees or, or 20 below, these fans are there, and it's just—I uh, tell you—it's it's, it's, it's very unfortunate that the fans aren't able to experience this moment firsthand, being in the stadium. But uh, there will be better days ahead. Yeah, there'll be some of them there, as there were last week, and we'll see again. They play Saturday night against Baltimore. One more for you, quickly, Bruce. I've had this conversation on the air a million times. That while I know that every one of you would 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 have given anything to have won a championship that I always say making it to four consecutive Super Bowls, coming back after all those defeats, is one of the great accomplishments that we've ever seen in the sport. And I wonder all these years later now how you look on it. Well, I, I, um, I get that, that same sentiment from other Hall of Famers and, and uh, um, historians of, of, of sports and analysts and so forth. You know, obviously it would have been uh, extremely gratifying to have won one. Uh, but what we accomplished uh, speaks for itself. Uh, the the, relate, the relationships we we we've built, uh, and, and in some ways, um, the, the the experience that we went through, the disappointments, uh, the ups, the downs, is indicative of of, of life. Uh, it's going to knock you down, but you keep getting up. You keep fighting. You keep getting up, uh, and, and, and there's a purpose. Uh, behind this because it's going to make you stronger. Uh, it's going to make you resilient. And, and I can't help from uh, thinking of, of all of the, uh, the moments that, that Marv has stood in front of us and inspired us and encouraged us along with, with Bill Poley and, and so many others that were in the organization. So I am very grateful. I'm thankful. I, I thank God for placing all of these individuals in my life uh, who are like family, 
family to me. I, I talk to Jim and Thurman and Daryl Talley and Cornelius just about every day, every other day. And um, I, I just think it's an incredible experience and to, to, to be able to, uh, to watch this on TV. Uh, and in some case, uh, I'm hoping I'll be able to go to the game this weekend. Uh, but uh, it, it's just a wonderful experience, and I'm happy for the city of Buffalo and this organization. Maybe, just maybe, in about a month, you'll be down in Tampa to see them play for a championship. Bruce, it's always such a pleasure. A happy New Year to you. Thank you very much for taking this time, and good luck to your team this weekend. Thanks, Greeny. Love your show, man. Take Thank care. you. It's nice of you to say. Take care. That's great Bruce Smith, one of the greatest players of all time. And again, those teams, legendary. The absolute stuff of legend coming up next who is going to be the first coach hired and when will that happen we will get those answers right after this i'm greeny and this is espn radio this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. All right, I'm Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Your calls are 15 minutes away. I'll give you the number and the topics in just a moment. But speaking of the Seaport District, just about an hour and a half ago, my NFL insider extraordinaire, Dan Graziano, was sitting next to me at this desk. Now he's back in his palatial estate in Connecticut with the very latest insight around the NFL coaching searches. Hello again, Dan Graziano. Feels like it was only yesterday we saw each other. Yes, or even more recently than that. All right, here's the question. Here's the question I want to ask you. When is this going to start? Like we're sitting around. I feel like in the past this has happened more quickly that these vacancies start getting filled. I understand that Zoom meetings is one of the reasons why it's taking a little longer. But to your to the best of your knowledge, when are we going to start seeing some of these hirings take place? Yeah, the Zoom meetings, because they're able to interview more people, right? You only have to sit on the Zoom call for two hours. You don't have to fly people in. So that's probably part of it. Um I think this week you'll see some movement. I don't know whether it starts with the resolution of the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville one way or the other, uh, or if, you know, the Jets are moving quickly to agree to something before he goes anywhere else. Um, you know, and I think there's all you, you have the inevitable people are going to wait for the guys whose teams are uh, still playing, right? I mean, if you want to hire Brian Dayball, wait till the Buffalo Bills season ends. If you want to hire Eric the enemy, you might have to wait till the Chiefs season. So, uh, there's a little bit of that, but you're right. It hasn't stopped things from moving uh, this week. You know, this is the week where you usually see it start to pick up. And I think you'll probably see one or two of these hires by the end of the week. To be clear, because I think they've made changes um, to this process over the years. You see some of the interviews that have taken place. 
the Brian Daybowls of the world, people who's and, and Eric Bieniemy for that matter, whose teams are still in it, they can't get hired right now, right? They, they he, I want to make sure that we're just clear on that. You just said it, and I know it, but I want to make sure the audience knows it. That if the Jets decide Daybowl is their guy, or anyone decides Bieniemy is their guy, even though they've spoken and made that decision, they can't actually hire him till that team's run is finished. Not officially, no, but you do see it. I mean, you remember the year that the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, everybody knew that Kyle Shanahan was leaving to be the head coach of the 49ers. The year, the most recent year the Patriots were there, everybody knew Brian Flores was about to become the head coach to the Dolphins and all that. So, so it does happen. You, you, they come to a sort of under-the-table agreements, but no, officially you can't announce the head coach uh, until and then of course the example of it all falling apart is the Jack Daniels example from a couple of years ago when the Colts had an agreement uh, for him their head coach and he backed out after the Super Bowl finished so um, it, there, you can be agreement but there is a recent example of it dying up and one more for you here the, the the change the the last one there's always a surprise and the one that was at least a little bit of a surprise was Philadelphia do we have any sense of what they're thinking was this and was it as simple as they just couldn't be with Peterson anymore? But I had Sal Palantonio suggest to me that maybe they have their eye on Lincoln Riley. Now, there have been some other thoughts thrown around out there. Do we have any sense of what they're doing in Philly yet? Uh, no, they're just getting started. I honestly agree. I think this was a decision by Jeffrey, the owner, that I think caught the uh, front office maybe a little by surprise. I, think that, I don't think they were planning to do a coaching uh, so they're just sort of getting on it. See them start to put in the request for certain people. Uh, is one of the guys they put in a request for Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator. Uh, Sal Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, who of course you'd have to wait for their season end. So um, yeah, I think there's. Uh, I, I think they're kind of just sort of getting their search underway a week after everybody else has started. A little bit of a long, drawn-out process. Again, it makes sense. You can interview as many people as you want. Sort of like the common app in college. You can apply to as many places as you want so easily now. You might as well. And that's, that's one that's near and dear to both of our hearts with our teenagers in our house. <laughs> Graziano, safe travels home. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you next week. Dan Graziano with me here on ESPN Radio with all of the breaking moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Another move that was made of a different variety. I just saw in the last little while Adam Schefter tweeting that the Chicago Bears announced that they will bring back their head coach, Matt Nagy, and their general manager, Ryan Pace. I think there was a, a reasonable amount of question, certainly amongst the fans and others, as to whether that would happen and whether it was the right thing to do. So I have one question. I have only one question. And that one question is for my friend Mark Silverman, host of Waddle and Sylvie uh, every weekday afternoon on ESPN 1000 in Chicago and as good a fan as anybody I know in that city. And it's a pretty simple question for you, Sylvie. Is this the right decision, bringing those two guys back for the Bears? Greeny, it's absolutely not the right decision. Um, This team is the definition of what we like to call football hell. And we know in sports these days the worst place to be is stuck in the middle. They have right now no quarterback of the present, no quarterback of the future, and they are stuck at 8-8. Eight and eight. This is a team that lost six games in a row. They've lost eight out of their last 11. Your Jets have a better chance with a clean slate and the way they're running things by drafting someone at the top. The Bears are drafting 20th right now. 
Ryan Pace has a 42-54 and 54 record. He has had one winning season in his six years as, as general manager. And I'll leave you with this, Greeny. You've covered a lot of press conferences. Mm-hmm. You, you worked in this town for many years covering these press conferences. And I believe that winning the press conference is truly an overrated thing. You can lose press conferences and win on the field. And I don't care if you lose press conferences. But when you consistently lose on the field and you have no answer at quarterback, the most important position in all of sports, and then you bring us the sham that they brought us today at the press conference, which was a clear loss in the first 15 minutes like many Bears games. Uh, the Bears fans right now are are in rage. And I would think if you took a temperature of the fans, Greeny, they're more upset than your Jets fans. No, I get it. And, and I totally understand it. I live with one of them. And I, 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 I get <clears throat> fully understand what you're saying and agree with it. Actually, I, I'm going to ask you a second question. And oh. that is quite simply, now we know who the coach is going to be. Who is the quarterback going to be? that that's the million dollar question and they would not answer it let me read you these names okay Mm -hmm. brian hoyer matt barkley mitch trubisky mark sanchez mike lennon chase daniel tyler bray nick Foles. those are the swings that ryan pace has taken in the last six years Mm. one of the most colossal misses in draft history in modern sports with the trubisky thing and then the other guys he brought in are the names I read you. Do you have any faith that they're going to bring in anyone who can fix this problem going forward? It's well done. That's why Sylvia is one of the absolute best. Uh, again, I cannot wait to hear you guys this afternoon. I'm sure you'll be all over it with the fans, Waddle and Sylvia, this afternoon and every afternoon in Chicago on ESPN 1000. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you soon. Keep up the great work, Greeny. All right. You're the man. That's what, Again, Sylvie there, he's an excellent fan. I've got... You know, again, I know a ton of people there um, with all of my years in Chicago. I worked there and lived there and um, I met and married my wife there. So I feel that I always say I grew up in New York then I grew up again in Chicago. And, and, and I have felt this way about Nagy for a while. Like for the life of me, I don't know why you would bring this group back. But that is the decision they have made. All right. Uh, next up is something we call What's on Your Mind? My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. And the game we play is simply called What's, uh, What Is It You'd Like to Know? Now, it's called What Do You Want to Know? Coming up next, we'll ask you, what do you want to know? You'll ask me your questions about the things going on in the world of sports, and I will do my best to answer them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you here, and I've asked all the questions I can ask for one day. It's time for you to ask yours of me. Today's edition of What's on Your Mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life, is very simply called, what do you want to know? You will ask me your question about sports, and I will answer it. You just have to get through my disheveled board operator, Bubba, hashtag Bubba, who isn't as disheveled anymore. He cut off all of his hair, which I find uh, distracting, but um, nevertheless, he's with us now. Hello again, Bubba. Yeah, hello. I mean, you literally went from having like the longest hair of any 
practically any male I know to like having much, much, much shorter hair than I have. Yep. It's, it's quite a jarring decision you made there. Yeah, we had to make some moves. <laughs> He's making some moves. All right, who is first up here with us on ESPN Radio? Oh, we got Terrence. He's right. up. Terrence, you're on ESPN Radio. Terrence, what do you want to know? How you doing, Greeny? Uh, I just got a question. I'm curious of why Deshaun Watson's name isn't being brought up with the Washington football team. I, I think his name should be brought up literally everywhere. Uh, the question is, who can make Houston the the ult- if if here's the two things that are going to have to happen, Terrence. The first will have to happen before the second. The first is Deshaun Watson is going to have to convince the people who run the Texans that he absolutely must be traded. Because they they would be out of their minds to trade him under any other circumstances. If they can make anything work, he's going to have to basically make it a Carson Palmer. I will retire here before I will play for you. If you remember when Palmer did that in Cincinnati. So if Deshaun Watson is willing to do that, then you get to the second phase of this. He has a no trade clause. So he can kind of decide where he's interested in going. We had heard Miami might be an option. Miami has a ton of draft capital, which might be what Houston is interested in. But to the answer to your question, oh, my goodness. I mean, Washington, Chicago, every team in the NFL would be better served. There's like 27 teams that should trade everything they have to get Deshaun Watson, and certainly Washington is one of them. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Abraham is up. Abraham, what do you want to know? Hi, Greeny. I was just wondering what direction are the Dallas Cowboys going, if they even have a direction, because I am getting very disillusioned. They're going Thank in you. Jerry Jones's direction. It's just that simple. When you, when you have one person who's literally running everything, then you're going in his direction. So they fire Mike Nolan and they bring in Dan Quinn. Is that an improvement on the defense? Well, their defense can't get worse. Are they going to wind up franchise tagging Dak again and spend 30, whatever it is, $8 million this year against a reduced cap on your quarterback? Who the heck knows? They're going to go in Jerry's direction. Right now he is sleeping in the bed that he has made. Where he paid all the wrong people first and left the quarterback out, and that was a huge mistake. So the Cowboys, in a division where, hilariously, Ron Rivera is now the longest-tenured head coach, are in trouble. And there's no obvious reason to think they're going to get better fast. So that's the direction they're going. I hate to tell you, but I don't think it's – I think it gets worse before it gets better. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, let me just answer that for Abraham. We're going in the right direction, Super Bowl next year. Uh, anyways, uh, Caleb is up next. <laughs> Bubba's a Cowboy fan. Caleb, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, how are you? Um, first question I got is – actually, only question. If you're Chris Ballard, what do you do about the quarterback situation for the Indianapolis Colts? Because – Frank Reich says he wants Philip Rivers back, but a majority of the fans do not want Rivers back. Listen, I love Philip Rivers. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's had a great career. I said last year I couldn't believe that was the decision they made because that's a, a championship-caliber team, and I no longer believe he's a championship-caliber quarterback. So Frank Reich and, and Philip love each other. So is Reich saying that because it's the right thing to say, or is he saying it because he genuinely believes it? If the Indianapolis Colts... Trying to think of a good person here. There's going to be a whole game of musical chairs that's going to go on amongst all the quarterbacks. So if the Colts were to get, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold. Brady, what's your name? Wentz. Well, see, Wentz. So Bubba brings up Wentz. I think that Wentz would have been the absolute ultimate option, and I think that probably would have been a likelihood. But the shakeup in Philadelphia, I think, means he's not going anywhere. They just chose Wentz. In a, in a power struggle 
over the head coach and fired the coach. So I will be flabbergasted if they trade Wentz now. Wentz, I think, would have been a very logical option. Thank you for mentioning that, Bubs, because it's the right point. But I think that they are the right quarterback away. Look, they easily could have won the game last week. Blankenship misses a field goal, and, and, and you know they had a bunch of questionable coaching stuff in that game, too. But they could easily have won that game. So I think they're very close. And I do believe that a, a different direction at quarterback is the right one. Let's see what they do. Time for one more here, Bubba. Who you got? We got Ryan. Ryan, you're on ESPN Radio. Ryan, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny. Ryan from Texas. Yesterday, loved the Greeny list. I was one of those that tweeted about Vermeil and Dungy, and I know the two Super Bowls was a must. Who do you think is the head coach that has been fired that deserves a second chance? Who is a head coach? I'm having a little trouble hearing him, but I think the question, Bubba, was who is a coach that has been fired that deserves a second chance? Correct. Well, the, the list was inspired by Doug Peterson. Whether that's the answer to the question or not, I'm not sure. But the list was inspired by Doug Peterson. And I guess I'll have to say, yes, he deserves a second chance. He inarguably did a very good job in Philadelphia. They've won a combined total of zero Super Bowls without him. And that includes having the beloved Buddy Ryan and and the outstanding Andy Reid. They've had really good coaches, Dick Vermeil. They've had great football coaches in Philadelphia. None of them got them to the promised land. But Doug Peterson did three years ago with a backup quarterback and beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to do it. So Doug Peterson will be a head coach in the NFL again. It's a question of whether he wants to jump back in immediately or not. So I'll be stunned, assuming he wants to coach again, if he doesn't. And I guess he's the answer to the question as far as deserves another chance. It's a good question. That or Adam Gase. Is there someone I'm obviously forgetting? (laughs) Is that on the air, Bob? I say I can never tell. Oh, if you're it's talking. on the air, babe. Yeah, Adam Gase. I think, I think Gase might wind up in Alabama with uh, with Saban. So we'll see about that. No, I think he seems unlikely to me to get another job in this or any cycle. Uh, we'll see what winds up happening. I think Doug Peterson's the answer to that question. So it's another terrific day. Thank you, everybody, for the phone calls. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with me. I'll see you back in better than ever tomorrow morning on Get Up, and then back here on ESPN Radio.